0: This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, we'll buckle up because I'm gonna throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. love it won't be disappointed so please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures now back to the show Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art and business today. A little change of pace, a little more abstract, but there is definitely an art to business. And we're going to talk about today, specifically through the emergence of this very fascinating new form of digital commerce, kind of a cryptocurrency adjacent called N. F-T's, and that stands for non-fungible tokens. Today, I'm, of course, joined by one of our executive contributors, my favorite token, the rarest of all art pieces in the entire world, and that is Mr. Buck. Buck, welcome. I'm non-fungible. <laughs> he is non-fungible, one of a kind. I'm one of a kind.
1: It. You can buy copies of me, <laughs> but you can't own me. well you can't own me but you can only own the original me that's right uh so art
0: and commerce art and commerce they've always had a unique relationship especially Mm. within the concept of value and this is where nfts come in nfts essentially is the newest form of capitalism within the market uh but what is it and how did we get here and could this be the art world's next gold rush? We plan to talk about all of it today, but before we can discuss it, of course, we need a little background. But before we go truly into the background, I do want to talk about what NFTs mean to me, or what value of art means to me, and I'm going to bring T Buck in a little bit on this uh, thesis because art value to me is—I'm one of those people that uh, see—I love art. Obviously, that's why we have a show dedicated to this very subject, but. I'm okay with the prints. I'm okay with the copies. And NFTs are probably will never be important to me. I, even if I'm filthy, filthy rich one day, I can't see myself ever wanting to buy the original, original piece because no one else can have it for millions and millions of dollars. So I don't know where you stand, Buck, on this subject.
1: Oh man, this is yeah. On value this has been, specifically on value. I, I, it's hard to say because it's so. Like the the concept has been around for a little while, but it it's, it's really taken mean, off in yeah. the last year. Just yes, absolutely. going mainstream. That's um, what we're talking about today. Yeah. So it, it's hard to tell. I think right now it's one of those things where it's a craze a little bit. It's a little bit of a fad. If fuckboys like Logan Paul can sell like their Pokemon cards for hundred, 100- And I'm sorry if you're a Logan Paul fan and where I'm from, bless your heart. You know, if, if you're spending $100,000 on something like that, that's a little crazy. Um, but in, in my I'm opinion... I'm glad you brought brought up Pokemon cards
0: because yeah, I want to... Uh, when we get into the discussion sec- section and we go uh, further into the how did we get here phase and on how we give things value, uh, I actually thought of that as an example. Uh, but before we get there, I, I want to just before we go into the background, of what NFTs are, tell the good people out there where you stand on the concept of value. Are you one of those like if you were a millionaire gazillionaire, would you want to buy the original piece because no one else could have it? Or are you OK with just cherishing the art like me? And you're okay with the prints. You're okay with the copies because you just want the art. You don't really care about the status that the art comes with.
1: So I, I see it falling into two categories. If, if you're asking overall, do I care? No. Okay. If I have a print, it's fine. I, I think you can spend, in my opinion, you can spend your money on <laughs> much more uh, <laughs> better things. Investments, like a house. Investments, houses, you know, something, you know, it's kind of like um, when you see billionaires and they're driving like a Hyundai Sonata. Um, it's because they don't really need to flex that they can go out and buy a Lamborghini. They're investing it into other things. And that
0: uh, is really the heart and soul of our thesis. Our heart heart and soul of our thesis is that these tokens are really just a form of status. It's it's just to show other people uh, that... You know, I have this thing, and you don't have it. It's a rare commodity, and so uh, it's it's yeah, it's essential. It's essentially the billionaire showing off his wealth through the Rolex he's wearing or the Lamborghini he's driving or what have you, right?
1: Yeah, and 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 I could see it in one way where it could be beneficial, where you're trying to preserve something for the general public or people like trying to donate to a museum or something like that. I could sure. see protecting. The art but i think right now we're in that like you said we're in that flex uh stage where people are just trying to flex and purchase these things <laughs> um and, and for an investment wise it, it, it could be you know i could see people doing that as an investment but yes and well i, we'll I, get I don't I think the, the market's too. a little too yeah i think it's a little too new right now to really figure that out yet so
0: so, yeah, so before we uh, really, really dive in and discuss this particular subject, of course, all of you need a little background. So what is an NFT? So let's explain it. So an NFT, like we've already said, stands for non-fungible token. So something fungible is like cryptocurrency. You, you, know, yeah. you can trade it in for actual other kinds of value. So you can, you can trade in cryptocurrency like Bitcoin for actual dollars. Now, something non-fungible is you can't do that. So that's why it's considered a token is that you're essentially giving it a digital stamp of authenticity, saying that this is the original or one of a kind. There's nothing else like it. Now, in the digital world and just like in the analog or uh, physical medium world, uh, things are easily re- reproducible, right? Uh, you In, in digital uh, art forms it's extremely easy to make copies upon copies upon copies and uh, or duplications or what have you but this is saying whoever buys this this is the very either the very first one there's nothing like it and it's essentially giving it that stamp now uh like uh, buck has said this has not actually been around for very long when i was doing my research for this i the earliest uh kind of version of this that was around that people were actually capitalizing on was in just 2014. So just seven years ago, that's, that's incredibly fresh and new. But like you said, it's only really emerging into maybe its own entity, be, um, maybe the last year. So, uh, it really started in the visual art world. And we will talk about, uh, things where it is coming to quite a fruition such as artists like Beeple but it's of course broadening into other reaches of different kinds of artistic industries notably the music industry I actually learned about this just recently because of Kings of Leon they were wanting to do essentially a different form of packaging you know uh, trying to sell you know, special editions, limited editions, kind of stuff of their of their uh, new album, and part of that was through an NFT. So this is really where I think is a good place to start uh, and bring back T Buck into the discussion section of this episode. Where we, I want to first, I want to, I want to go into three acts here and start with how did we get here, right? So let's. I think the history of of how we got here in terms of business, the business side of art, it, it all started to me and my, you know, feel free to chime in if you feel differently, is when the artistic, different artistic mediums really started to shift from analog or physical media to digital.
1: Yeah, the, there was definitely, and I think, you know, looking at our notes here, you're going to get into it, but there was, especially in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a seismic shift with music and Absolutely. film um, that, that we all... I think we all participated in a little bit uh, because we were about that age. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I I think, I think it really goes back to the advent too of the internet. Um, You know, the internet has been around for a while, um, but it really didn't become, you know, until you had the web worldwide. Al Gore made it, it you know, and Al Gore vented the internet, (laughs) American, Uh, America. Um, He did not. He Um, didn't. he didn't he, 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 he made some bills to make it a little bit more access, accessible to the public. But anyway, um, we, we've kind of been on this trend where it, this is another thing where we, we didn't really know where the internet was going to go. Um, but it, it's it's definitely impacted every asset of our life. And it still is oh today. Oh, transforming.
0: So, I think to um I put some in our episode research outline that we make for these shows. I put some markers and one of the very first times I felt like there was as you put it quite well, a seismic shift was with Napster. Now, Napster was a uh one of its first of its kind, a share like application,
1: peer sharing application.
0: Yes, peer-to-peer sharing application on the interwebs that allowed people to essentially put any kind of music that they wanted to and give it to other people for free. And, of course, this started this revolution of, how should I put it, people wanting to get specifically music uh, at this time uh, for nothing. So it it just made the music industry, in terms of their Business models fucking plummet, right? And then other well, things started to
1: fall in, like it,
0: film, TV, and that's when we started seeing limewires and stuff. Go ahead.
1: You can make an argument whether the industry plummet. Well, I would say it, it didn't necessarily plummet. It had it had to transform because when all this it napster, evolved, sure. When all the napster stuff was happening, they weren't hurting for money necessarily. The music industry. Well, who they who were gets hurt. It, right well gets hurt the, in the artist end. gets heard exactly in the end. Yeah. um but the music industry wasn't what they were more upset was about protecting their you know their money um their nest egg right their nest you egg know, yeah, they... <laughs> yeah and, and what this really led to uh, ultimately um which first really started in europe with spotify um was was you know um unlimited streaming services well i think before
0: we get to spotify there's a
1: lot to unravel
0: if you will because yes so let's let's back up a little bit so we started to see that seismic shift right i think one of the first ones was with napster but then other things followed suit right we started seeing downloadable movies um that you could share uh, tv and we saw that through like limewire things like that
1: and um and a lot of porn oh my god no okay and uh... that that was another industry that had to change significantly because of this was was a porn industry it's weird it it, they really (laughs) porn industry has always kind of pushed mediums a little bit they they definitely had their impact on vhs um that's why vhs beat out beta max uh to consumer markets because they were recording porn on VHS, right? So as as
0: uh, but going back to the actual art of business here, uh, it, we started to see. Right, We started to see physical mediums slowly, slowly die. And there, there yeah. uh, uh, we could argue that there's been a resurgence and a renaissance, stuff like vinyl. Now these are more collectible items. But we're still seeing this shift. And of course, like you said, things had to evolve. And this is where we started to see iTunes and um, all these other kind of markets uh, for digital releases. And then, of course, they had to package their limited editions and special editions and all that shit around that. To still try to sell these things to us consumers and give it that value uh, that could keep the industry thriving, the thing about it is though uh, there was a um, uh, there was a a change in the dynamic the synergy of what was going on because the value kept dropping 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 because it was so easily easy to get, even like shit God, do you remember some of these um these uh share to share some of these kind of sites i mean there was bootlegs i mean you could literally get anything to the point where the artists themselves were like how did that fucking end up on the internet
1: right well yeah but there's always been kind of this exchange of i mean historically over time if you think about it there's always been like this exchange of bootlegs or uh, things it was just it was far more contained it wasn't but not as to open. the scale not to the right? scale so so like a grateful dead's a great example where you have a lot of different people that go and they would go to their concerts and record their shows sure. um or neil young you know there, there's yeah. always those bands or artists that
0: people will follow to the ends of fucking earth and time yeah um but i guess my point is is that we kept seeing this erosion if you will this uh declining state of giving very important value to uh some of we're still seeing amazing works come out of a lot of different industries and for some reason because of the emergence of things like this we're seeing it fall down and drop dramatically to the point where it's it was um the only way people started to consume things was through these kind of sites and uh, or applications where um, we all wanted it for free and only for free. And then who suffered really? It wasn't the industry. It was, it was, it was trickled down to the artists and that's what breaks my heart. And this is, this is your (laughs) bear with me. This is, we're going to get to Spotify and shit like that because once it got there, what did the, all the very very smart business people do. They said, okay, well, everyone wants this shit for free. Well, let's give it to them. And that's how I, I believe the birth of these other industries were formed. Like Spotify is a good example of that. Let's give all this music to the people for almost nothing. You know, essentially.
1: Yeah, and I don't know, necessarily know if everybody just wanted it for free. Like it was more. Well, that's of what a the models, it's, right? I'm. It's I'm, more of uh, a convenience than anything. Like I think we've gotten I'm into generalizing, a, but that was what the models would suggest. Well, we uh, yeah, I. Th- I think uh, you know, <laughs> for me at least, when I was looking through all this, you know, as a young person, and you know, when Napster came out, I was. We were probably teenagers. That well, was I was trying long. to think of what was. I think I was I was in middle school. Like oh, yeah, and eight, Seventh or eighth grade. Yeah. And and for me, it was more convenience factor because I had access to all this stuff instead of having to go spend, you know, 18 bucks on a, a CD to just get one song and things like that. And I think and and, you know, this is me as a young kid that doesn't know any better. I think a lot of that is just having that freedom or that that excitement of of having the you know the opportunity to have all that, and I think that's the convenience factor today. Is nobody really wants to go have to to a rental store, rent a movie, drive all the way back to their house, and pop it in. Oh yeah, they rather hindsight is twenty
0: twenty. Like, yeah, it's the. Could convenience you believe factor. we fucking did that? Like with Blockbuster. Well, I just stuff I just, just watched the, like, the. There's a what new the documentary. Fuck are we doing? right Run. on netflix what on a netflix flex last a... my wife yeah. was talking about that it's like what a fucking burn that netflix is doing to because they tried to sell to blockbuster i don't know if you knew that yeah history.
1: yeah the, i i didn't know that until i watched this that uh that blockbuster had the opportunity to buy netflix and they they're like this basically locked out off. of the room yeah right um which <laughs> i mean but that's 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 how you know the market works. I mean, you have people that make. Uh, did you know this about me? I I used to work at Blockbuster. Oh, I did not. I did not know. I did uh, not. When know I that. was in
0: high school, this is actually to this day my favorite non-career job. You know, just a you know, just I need some extra money. I'm a kid kind of job. You know, I did the traditional sacker shit. I did the everything, and I got the Blockbuster
1: gig. And to this day, I I loved that fucking job everybody that I, that had that job in my hometown we we had one blockbuster but actually blockbuster probably wasn't as big as another place which was called Hastings Hastings was huge did you have Hastings we didn't have Hastings know? but uh oh uh, well, we had a college town yeah yeah uh but i always wanted to work there and it was like the toughest job to get so it was kind of like okay tell the good people what it is if
0: they if you guys don't know what hastings is hastings is like you probably know what borders is so Borders, uh it's it's the kind of place that had music but also books it had a little of everything yeah
1: it it was kind of like a borders it was i would say it was more um
0: or a barnes and noble now
1: yeah i would say it was instead of being more focused on books it was probably more focused on um uh, like media energy Payment, like yeah yeah media video, it, games, video and, and, music. and music but yeah. it did definitely have a a book section it was one of the first places where i really started to see like uh pop culture memorabilia like you would go in there and see things like uh like funko shit now funko right. yeah would, would be funko today uh that was the first time i ever tried pocky because they okay. had like this japanese section in there I love and they Pockies. had pocky in there and i was like oh, yeah what the hell is this and uh they had like um, at least in most of them they had um uh coffee shops and things like that but originally I, the 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 original hastings that we used to go to was in the mall and it was solely uh video rental they kind of expanded out hmm. in, in the 90s uh but it was a fantastic store um i always wanted to work there and it was funny because a lot of my high school
0: they're teachers, gone now though right like every yeah, time they're, i they're drive done. through our through like a college town and stuff. I don't think I I don't see it anymore anywhere. They might
1: have a few out there, but I think they they went to the wayside, but but I was so that that place was I'd love going there, especially on video game release days. Oh yeah. Like a Tuesday, I remember buying all of my uh copies of Grand Theft Auto there. Nice. Um <laughs> and there would be a line getting in and yeah. people, like for San Andreas, I remember the the manager just being pissed off at us being like guys i don't have it out yet and we we're just like and now come on all we do is wait for a uh a <laughs> our, the uh
0: the paywall to come down yeah right? like yeah. The, for, for us to download our favorite game yeah. so let's let's pull it back a little bit and let's talk about art and commerce um for a moment before we get into the the second act here, because every so here's the thing about art and commerce you know there's always there's there's the artist that always wants to come close to that line of of uh wanting to be successful but not selling out right there's you you know every great artist usually has a level of integrity that says I, you know I I want to keep the lights on I want I want to be successful do I uh, do I particularly want to become a bazillionaire? Not, not necessarily, but behind every great artist there is a great businessman or woman that are trying to do just fucking that. And that is where there's this unique relationship between the two worlds that's always at odds. So as we started to see things like analog or physical media, uh, turn into digital forms of marketplaces. Uh, so, did that all of these amazing businessmen and women? They had to get very creative. And that's what led to things like yeah, there's, there's usually you see them in bubbles. And your example was like Pokemon cards, because I was trying to think of examples where I was that in it, what NFTs could be like. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I remember when Pokemon cards like came out when I was a kid and I thought, Oh man, these are going to be around for a while, and I they they hit like this big peak, and then they went down. We're seeing, I think, yeah, like in your Logan Paul example, like we're seeing oh, a resurgence. Are of are huge, just again. having yeah. rare, yeah, rare versions. But I think there those were just pockets of time. Whereas something like you know, we grew up in the gaming industry boom, and that was never a bubble. I think for a long time, people thought it was going to be another ET situation where there was going to be a crash. But God bless Nintendo, they brought it to the billion dollar industry we know today. So and yeah. I use that example because we still play it today. It's not a bubble where because I remember in the Pokemon example, I remember trying to get into it a little bit. I always thought it was kind of dumb, to be honest. I was I was like I never I never saw the appeal.
1: I think we were a little too
0: old. I, I think past our time it was after yeah
1: because i i felt like it was kids like maybe three two or three years and it wasn't younger cool that enough at the time super into it yeah because it, it's kind of like i i feel, it's kind of like the harry potter books i i when they came out i was in high school um yeah, yeah. we were in high school middle i was school, it was and,
0: after my time but there's plenty of fucking harry potter heads out there that
1: that are in high school too yeah yeah and and i and i'm not saying anything against harry potter i Oh, no, what they they deserve this. I'm just success. saying it's like something or Pokemon like Pokemon cards. Pokemon was, I felt like, was a little. I'm, my past point is my that time. there were bubbles, right?
0: Where something yeah. like the yeah. alternative, the other end of that spectrum was, uh, in my example, the video game industry, where we saw it boom, but continue to progress almost exponentially throughout the years into this billion dollar industry. Whereas yeah. now, this is my segue to NFTs. We kept, we're, we're seeing a lot of business men and women and all these models try to figure out how can we still capitalize on things that are impossible to give true value to. So that's my segue to talking about value in art. And uh I'm gonna start with this and then I'm gonna give you the floor, Buck. Is uh I I it's not my quote. This is a quote for, from a pitchfork article uh, that I very read humble for publication, this. by the way. <laughs> Their reviews are uh, never scathing. They're, no, they're, they're very never sweet. People. Overcritical. Never, um, ever do that ever. But no. they did say something very uh, well, well put in this particular subject matter. So I'm just going to quote them. They said. NFTs create a sense of scarcity that's inherently artificial. The token
1: is rare, not the artwork itself. It's it's the flex. And it, do you want me to kind of give an overview of what we're talking about when we're saying tokens? Do you well, think that's too technical? I, uh, do, do you want me to nerd out? Do you the want me literal
0: to that? token because uh, yeah. you know in the intro, I to me it's that stamp of authenticity. It's the yeah. it's the Nintendo you know, gold banner thing. But yeah, I, you know what? I don't, I don't know as much as I know, you know, so yeah, tell the good people what a token so, is, including me.
1: Well, let, let's, let's take a step back and talk about the technology and what we're really talking about. So this goes back to blockchain. And if you don't know what blockchain is, it's basically a, uh, there are a record of blocks. <laughs> it's it's name. crazy. No, I'm, I'm being, I'm being, I'm being uh, facetious here, but basically it's a decentralized way of authentication. Digitally. Like, explain digitally. That. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, it, it was the, the concept first came up in the 90s of having this kind of decentralized um, early 90s. And it wasn't really put into effect until um, a person or we don't know if it was one person or a group of people uh, names uh, Satoshi Nak. I think it's Satoshi Nakamoto, and this is Uh-oh. the guy behind Bitcoin, or and supposedly. this is what became Bitcoin. Right. So basically, you can think of this as a pl- a thing to authenticate. Um, you have one piece of information that can never be replicated that you you would own. so in this case it would be a Bitcoin and
0: you could and that's make tr- fungible though right? F- this is yeah. why these are non-fungible. Something fungible is they can change. Well, it's a different currency for example d-
1: but, but no but, but but yeah, it can't change. It's the same the token the can't change the, the token in which in this case we're saying Bitcoin it can't change. You can use it to transact and make purchases uh, from decentralized. It's basically you can get this authentication. So like if you have a if you're buying a car from someone yeah, gives an example. Yeah. So Throw normally when you're purchasing a car from somebody, you have to take the title in. In some states, you don't have to do this anymore. But you basically have to have a notary of the public come in and sign and authenticate that this was a transaction made legally. There's a paper trail. There's a paper trail. In this case... You don't even have to do that. It's secure, and it's um, you're you're not buying anything different than what you, you you intended to purchase. You are buying that thing. the The great example I've seen with NFTs and with these tokens is when you're buying a Pokemon card. Okay, okay. You're, <laughs> well, you're buying a Pokemon a <laughs> card, and that's the only thing that you're getting. It's not changing into a Honus Wagner card, which is the the greatest baseball most sought after baseball yeah we
0: ever. grew up that's uh, just a quick little uh tangent we grew up with baseball cards so yeah. when i was doing when i was doing the research for this episode and thinking about something that you know on paper would have no value that are, mm. are ridiculous i remember growing up with baseball cards and hearing about these extremely rare cards that were going for thousands and you know thousands of dollars back then was a lot of a lot more money yeah. than it is today, obviously with uh inflation. But that that's the example I was I was glued to when I was reading about this.
1: And and another market that kind of self I'm just thinking of blockbuster, another market that kind of killed itself a little bit was baseball cards, especially with the Ken Griffey rookie card. I think I that mean, was a bubble. Made,
0: that's an example of that was it, a it, huge bubble. It was a bubble and yeah. and people again some business team, men, women, someone were like we're going to make these things popular and give them value. So that's the point yeah. of this discussion is how how do you do that? Right. And these tokens are it right now. In the it's in the It's the yeah, it. Girl. It's,
1: <laughs> it. You, you can only in an example, you you're you're buying the ownership. It's it's like a monet. You can right. own a you can own a print of a monet. You and I can own one, but we can't own the original. We can't afford
0: the original, and we can't
1: afford the original. But now you're buying, let's say, the original. Right, right you're buying
0: the original thing that that artist or that whatever person is and it's contained within
1: this blockchain digital infrastructure, mostly Ethereum right now. Uh, There are other blockchains that have this built into it, but Ethereum's probably the most popular one right now with NFTs. So, so you basically have this infrastructure, this decentralized. Um, system that, um, for authentication that, um, crypto, you, you, your cryptocurrency, but it's using cryptography basically to make sure that it is the original and that you're buying or you're purchasing or you own the, the actual item
0: so let's uh i'm gonna i'm gonna play a little bit of devil's advocate because i think it's it's pretty clear what side we're kind of leaning towards right now and i can look at this as you know going back to the music specifically industry i can kind of look at this as somewhat of a good thing right now even if it's probably in my humble opinion going to be another bubble and here's why um for so long the industry the music industry or a lot of different industries film industry tv industry it's the people behind the scenes that are making all the fucking money and all the success when the people at the bottom that are actually creating the things are getting all of the peanuts and the scraps and stuff like that and now we're it's creating some models to give it back to the people that are actually creating the work
1: i i think so there's a couple of different cases. I think you're right uh, totally that um, it gives the artists a lot more leverage than they had before using this. So You'd give it leverage? Well, well, here's what I'm thinking. So okay. this is similar to why blockchain is so big right now in current in cryptocurrencies is because you're creating a, a decentralized uh, infrastructure, that does not is not controlled by governments or agencies, anything like that. And that's why, you know, they're so afraid of them right now, because <laughs> it, it basically re- takes all the power. There's no away. federal oversight. Right? There's no they oversight control anything. And there's always going to be good and bad things with it. But like, sure, the positive side is that you don't have a country manipulating a currency to try to gain leverage over or another. the markets. Or you know, the market exactly. We see this
0: all the time with stocks and bonds and shit like that. You always see these like with GameStop. God, we haven't probably need to talk about that one of these days.
1: Oh yeah, Diamond Hands, man oh, to the moon. So, uh, <laughs> but this is the same thing with like if we're going to use the music industry, it's the same thing. It gives it gives more power. I, I, I see it as giving more power to the artist than necessarily monetization. And uh, I
0: think this is probably a good segue way to actually talk about the things we're seeing now. You know, bring the the circle around, circle. And first, uh, you know, like I said, it started in 2014 uh, in 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 a form. It was probably still in its infancy. Uh, we didn't really see it come to a fruition until 2017 with CryptoKitties. Now, um, I didn't research enough about CryptoKitties to. <laughs> to probably explain to anybody what what they are if you know what they are please tweet at us buck if you want to chime in go ahead and fucking i make, i only <laughs> know in. a little
1: bit about it but i i i'm I'm just i'm going to keep my mouth shut
0: <laughs> it's something we it's probably would, you know i was yeah, yeah. I, when i was reading about it i was like this is probably something we'd kind of make fun of as we were talking about it in the show yeah. but uh let's go back to more of the serious um Forms of uh, of output that uh, NFTs have capitalized on, and that's what I think we're going to now talk about. I want to talk about Beeple. So Beeple is a graphic design artist, a visual uh, visual art. I'm not sure if we can call him pioneer right now. Maybe pioneer of really capitalizing on the NFTs. I've been looking at his work extensively for this episode, and I will say this: I love his stuff. He's he has a great eye. I like uh, what kind of subjects and uh, <laughs> imagery he uses. He uses a lot of uh, science fiction imagery, a lot of cold colors. It's almost like that um, neo-retro look, you know, trying to make something uh, that was an old aesthetic you know, have a fresh new coat of paint or a, a facelift, if you will. Uh, there's a lot of darkness and uh, power, moving imagery behind his work. Now, will I say that it is work worth $69 million? If I had $69 million, I would absolutely not pay for that. I would pay the whatever, $50 to $100 for a print, a big version of one of the pieces I liked and frame it and put it on my wall. But I would not care in the slightest to have the original nft version of it for 69 million
1: yeah this guy uh he's he it's the largest or no was it the it's like the third or fourth most expensive art ever purchased by a living artist i don't know okay art, i don't know the statistics there like
0: i just uh yeah i just researched <laughs> what he actually sold some of the and this is just yeah. one piece the 69 million one. Oh, this yeah and then it it, says and and multiple you, pieces that accumulate the 69 million this is one piece and he's sold other pieces like this for for a lot of money
1: yeah there's um i i've looked at some of the images um <laughs> they're cool there is one there's some that are cool. There are some that I, I, I don't know if I can ever get out of my mind. Uh, one involves a former president of ours. Um, but, uh, I there's just a political and stint and was, to it. Yeah. I was, a, I was a little horrified. Social by the image commentary. I just saw. Um, well. Yeah. Yeah. There's some social. Oh my God. There's mo- mo- multiple. Oh my God. There's one where uh, I, I just saw like uh, I'm looking at one levels. right now where uh,
0: uh, <laughs> uh, Trump is essentially looks like a uh, a Terminator, but he has kind of <laughs> a uh, what was that? What was that v- villain from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that was like in this big machine? But he was crane. Yeah. And he was like a brain inside the middle. Yeah. Where in this particular piece, uh, it looks like uh, Hillary Clinton's head. Is the crane of Trump and in this big machine version of him?
1: So I mean, Uh, it's it's it's
0: crazy shit. But I like crazy shit. I like surrealism, as everyone knows, and I like this sci-fi crazy world that he's designed. I I mean, I don't care about the politics of it. Don't care at all. Yeah, for just the 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 sheer imagery, it
1: is fascinating. Jesus, and and let me just say, he 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 hits both ways. Like he's it's not just focused directly on trump there's definitely some oh yeah uh, a lot heady, of other yeah it's pop it's, culture yeah. we got a, we got a little um we got a little <laughs> of everything uh yeah i am just uh I'm, I'm scrolling through some of the we got pikachu right now, i'm trying to just like peace i got pikachu ta- we got winnie the pooh we got
0: um fucking toy story characters uh, toy story characters a mickey mouse yeah i think pac-man is that pac-man yeah whoa whoa and shrek let's let's end the list with fucking shrek uh, doing a very sexy pose for us check it out okay yeah i i I, as far as just the art community goes
1: people's people is great do I personally
0: mm-hmm. think he's worth, these pieces are worth sixty nine million? I, I don't think so.
1: Mm, no, but yeah, again, I think it's it's what's you know right. They're not good for again, him. Going back to the thesis, he
0: they're not buying the people that can afford this. Remember, this is for the wealthy people out there. They're not they're not yeah. buying the piece. This they're is buying, for the percenters. They're buying the fact that no one else can have this. It may be one of a kind to them, even though it's still at there's there's a part of me that thinks like is it truly a one-of-a-kind even if there's a digital token telling you that it is uh and that's where i think we can get to more like philosophical things about this subject where uh, if-
1: he's a singapore-based blockchain entrepreneur coder and angel investor that bought it ah vignesh sundarzen So,
0: yes, this, you know, this is... And he
1: definitely looks like a dude that would buy something like this. You know, the
0: concept of value and meaning at its heart is just philosophy. What what gives you purpose, you know? So people are buying these things for God knows why. I I don't see... I, I will never be able to see it like they see it, partly because I just don't have the money for it. But... Yeah, I I think as far as just sheer art goes, this guy is very talented. He's great. Absolutely. buy his work, if you can afford it, if you want it, if you want it that badly. Yes. Do it for millions. I don't want to take anything away from anybody. I just personally I I would I'm okay with the print.
1: Yeah. And and yeah, exactly. I think I'm the same way. There's some interesting things that I've seen. That some of these applications can be used for for physical artwork, though. Um, and it's actually some of it's actually coming from Nike right now, believe it or not. But they're they're trying to figure out. Oh, yeah. They patented a way of basically. We're going to see the trickle these, down now. Right. into the other. Industries. Yeah. These NFTs, the track like um, the basically make sure that you're getting authentic. um sneakers rather than you know um <laughs> some some which is which is actually a huge market like uh faux jordans or air force ones sure. um but i i'm curious to see how this applies to uh, and that that goes i think
0: that goes yeah. uh, again round circle to this concept of philosophy is mm-hmm. do you care that the Air Jordans that are fake look literally identical, feel identical, are are everything to a T exactly like the real thing? Are you okay with buying that version of it that's dramatically cheaper but is not the real thing? Or do you have to have the real thing?
1: Well, the problem is sometimes with some of these things is that they're paying the same price that they would for an original. Mm. So I think that's that's where it hmm. really comes into play. I would place. disagree. So, if uh, I was a consumer with you, I and mean, I with wanted to buy Yeah, but I think from a consumer standpoint, if you're going to pay, you know, your two hundred and fifty dollars or whatever for some Air Force ones or even more than that, some a lot of them like uh Air Jordans can go for thousands now. If you're gonna pay that amount of money, I think you would wanna know that it's it's a legit thing. Sure. Yeah. Right? I uh, I can see both sides. I, I'm okay with yeah. um, there's it,
0: it it for me. It depends on the material possession. For example, uh, watches and sunglasses. I the latter I easily lose all the time. I am completely okay with the fakies. I don't care yep, if it looks here. if it looks like a fucking a Ray Ban two hundred dollar pair of glasses. Great. I want people to think that yeah. because at the end of the day, I just want. The sun rays to be blocked from my eyes. <laughs> like
1: I do you not. You just care. want your eyes to be protected from the UV rays. Same with
0: watches us. and jewelry. Jewel, uh, uh, jewel. Jesus Christ! I could talk all day about jewelry and the concept of value and what we give value to, because that is
1: one I do not understand. There are rocks in the ground. <laughs> there are rocks in the ground, and like <laughs> diamonds, like everybody. That's the best
0: <laughs> marketing campaign ever.
1: Diamonds are yeah, crazy. diamonds are not rare. Yes, that's the thing that <laughs> they I make. Love they when make people, you think they're rare. They the make whole you industry think they're rare, and the whole industry is built. And that's on round a circle lie. too, right? Yeah. They're,
0: you're buying yeah. something that's rare. They get to inflate the prices, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, it is the the Beers Corporation. They they run everything, and then you find out all this like crappy stuff that happens to the workers and stuff like that. <laughs> it's it's like it. it Yeah, it's just the
0: quintessential version of uh, very, very. I will give them this. Talk about an art to business is that level of marketing to to convince entire cultures that you have to have this to propose in this example, right? And that's you know, proposals haven't been around that long. People think that like we've done it for millennia, maybe a hundred years, maybe two hundred. Yeah, that they're actually
1: important. You could say longer because you had people robbing. Oh, for hundreds, thousands of years have been robbing. You know, priceless antiquities and art and things like that, just to get a leverage and, and get money out of them. I mean, you can look how they've robbed graves in Egypt and stuff like that to get. Well, no,
0: I was talking about the concept of uh, of giving value to things that are kind of valueless. Oh. You know, oh, I was still well, using yeah. the jewelry and the diamond ring example, and I, I uh, think the marketing you probably... campaigns. You know, convinced couples like you cannot yeah. get married unless there's an engagement ring on that finger,
1: or the whole thing. Um, I, I took this because I was taking a a product management uh, workshop um, uh, from one of the original product managers of the iPhone, and he 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 told our class that. That whole um, – you have to put in – one of the most famous um, things going back to the wedding or the engagement ring is the whole concept of that you have to spend like two or three months worth of uh, income on your engagement ring. That's how much – that's totally a marketing thing. That was mm. totally designed by these, these jewelers and these They're kind of
0: brilliant in their deception. Yeah. You I, have I to find do that in,
1: if you don't, then your your you're, girlfriend's you're, going to think you're yeah you're, you're a cheap she's not or, yeah you're, exactly you're not valuable
0: yeah. you're not, not uh, uh, valuable. I just her, I find it so her. fascinating and yeah. I find it I find it impressive because yeah. there is an there is a level of deception, um but it's just it's not personal it's just business and
1: so, and there is an
0: art to this there's such an art to this and it is it's incredible. When these people are really good at it.
1: Yeah. And, and going back to the diamonds thing, I mean, again, there's always a dark side to all of this stuff. Oh, yeah, there's like, like blood diamonds and stuff. Yeah, but there's, there's a dark side to NFTs and blockchain as well. So, yeah, let's I, pull I, I it back. What is the dark yeah. side, Buck? Tell the good so, people. So, basically, when you're running, so a lot of these, um, you've heard this probably with cryptocurrencies and all these blockchains, you have to mine for them. And that's why, like, if you're really into uh, PC gaming and things like that, um, it's last few years, it's been really hard to get uh, graphics cards because um, a lot of the um, in order to mine graphics cards are really good at crunching numbers. So you use these in a cluster and you can build these huge mining rigs. What that means is when you build these huge, huge mining rigs to mine your own cryptocurrency for quote unquote free. It's not free. You're using tons of electricity. When we're Nothing's in a free. world right, right. now, that's what my nothing talking. is free. Nothing's free. But we're, we're trying to reduce our carbon footprint right now. Sure. I mean, that's our focus. We're trying to save our planet. It is very, very expensive and dirty to produce, uh, to mine any of these blockchains because it takes so much electricity. So hmm. that's one part of it. The other part is a lot of the materials that are made to make even phones, a lot of this stuff, you know, they, in these graphics cards, they require rare earth metals. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a dark side to that cause it's dirty, you know, obviously mining and things like that. So um, especially just the carbon input, footprint impact that it takes to create one of these tokens for these NFTs is a lot because what, what, what these are designed for, like when, when I first started mining Bitcoin, um, back in our college days, which I abandoned because I thought it would never turn out in anything, and God, I was wrong. <laughs> um, I, I would have been a millionaire, um, by now if I would have kept every, all my stuff. But it, it was a lot easier to obtain to mine for tokens or these these coins. Now it takes a lot of energy to mine for these coins, but you know people see that it's worth it because like Bitcoin is you know close to fifty thousand dollars and 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 um. In value right now so if you can get one or two of those a week you know you're paying off all your electricity however in your your infrastructure but it's taking a ton of energy just to produce one of those coins and that's as you move on it's going to take more and more computational energy not just energy but tr- that translates into actual power consumption to create one of these tokens so wow that's that's really the d- dark side of this is that um uh, it's it's expensive, not just monetarily, it's with environmentally um, and carbon footprint wise. So uh, on that note, let's
0: let's wrap things up on this discussion and I want to premise that with what do you think the future holds for nfts? Do you think it's a bubble or do you think it's gonna stick around like the gaming industry in my example?
1: well, I think I think, like, do you think
0: it's going to come and go? I mean, it's obviously it's a bubble right now because only it's the wealthy a bubble can now, really I, play with it. But do I you don't think, think it's it'll going be, anywhere.
1: So you think it's here to stay? I think it's here to stay. It's just we don't know what's final form yet. It's it's kind of like the gaming industry where you just saw a flood of consoles and and terrible games get thrown on the market just to make a money grab. But then you have like Nintendo jumps in and they use They revolutionize the market. Absolutely. Yeah. And quality. Um,
0: Um, I'm going to play devil's advocate again and say I'm going to and I truly I truly feel this way. It's not just for the uh, the discussion and to be um, uh, to counter what you're saying. But I I I think we're going to see a spike. We're going to see it. We're going to see it come and we're going to see it go. And we may see spikes kind of like using the Pokemon card example. We may see spikes down the road, uh, but I'm not I'm having a hard time seeing this thing really stick.
1: And I understand your point. I, I see it maybe sticking in some other mediums as well. I think for me, what uh, I'm really like interested what? in is that physical. You can't do well, it in film. You can't do it in TV. Well, yes, you can. So, um, what? Well, not okay, uh, not in TV. But what they're doing right now, the MBA is doing. Like it NFT, makes more sense as just you know, just like a piece, right? Another, you know, well, yeah, just but the piece. Like, but what the MBA is doing right now, they have a website called NBA uh, Top Shot right now okay um and basically you can um buy or nfts certain moments from games or highlights and things like that so it's almost like having a um a digital um digital sports card like a baseball card but you're oh man we actual... brought it around circle again yeah <laughs> so so this <laughs> is why what we're i'm actually fascinated we're because i'm wondering you know i and I still need to look into like the user agreements and stuff if you own like a highlight clip or something like that, that's why I said maybe investment wise you could see people buying a whole bunch of this stuff and you have to pay royalties for them to copy or use like these clips or th- something like that. It basically shows that you own that that clip or that part moment
0: so to your point, it sounds like this may. Be able to stay if it forms many other bubbles within it.
1: Well, not m- many other bubbles. I just I think what we we don't fully understand right now where the market's going to go and where it's going to drive to. I think it's going to show maybe in a way that we didn't fully expect. Like right now, we're so focused on art. Right. Yeah, now. that's a good point. And your point um, is, but like it it's may show up into th- yeah sports, other and mediums, other- and sports and things like. And- it may blow up into something bigger. I think it will still have a profound impact on art, but I I don't think these things are going anywhere.
0: Uh, I I will. Okay. I, I still will be a contrarian here and, and, and say that there is a bubble element to it. Uh, Buck says that it is here to stay and it may just evolve. Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. Here's what I think we'll end on before we go into our gym gyms of the week. I know that this will never. This is not the end. You know, this isn't the first time mm-hmm. they've tried to re reinvent the wheel here. Uh, this is not the first time. This won't be the last time. There will be something. You know, as soon as we start seeing uh, the markets and the industries shift to an a, a place where they're not making any fucking money, they're going to invent something new. Just like I had never heard of NFTs until you know, a few, like a, about maybe a month ago. And I know that some smart businessman or woman will think of the new thing and then they'll give value to that. And I think that's a good place to end. So thank you so much for listening, all you beautiful people. But before we go, we got a little something extra, a little icing on the cake that we call the Gym of the Week. Now, the Gym of the Week, if you don't know, is essentially something we we want to talk about in our show, but it just doesn't quite fit into the scheme of the episode. So we leave it right here at the end as a bit of a coda. I, uh, I'm i going to give the floor to you, Buck, first, because I am having a hard time thinking about a Gym of the Week it'll probably be non-related. <laughs> oh wait, I got it. I'm gonna still give it to you, but it is it is kind of related. It's kind of non-related, but I'll give you the floor so, first.
1: So I already I already brought it up, but I as part of this trying to keep the theme, I, I was wanting people to look at crypto kicks or I think or no call them crypt, yeah, crypto crypto kicks. kicks? Like yes A-I-C-K-S? which is what this this uh Nike holds a patent uh, for blockchain sneakers <laughs> Oh, and God. to me, I, I started laughing when I read this, but then I started thinking about it. So I I, I would have people just go out and read about it because I, I think, again, this is kind of to my last point. This is going into different mediums and there's a lot of different things. And I know this isn't necessarily an art thing, but it, it's very interesting to me um, with this NFT and blockchain talk about how different mediums could probably uh benefit from it so that's that's okay. my crypto kicks <laughs> crypto look at kicks. look it up so all the i'm not advocating it. for it it's all, it's yeah. so cool um uh,
0: yeah. okay well mine is a very it's a bit of a stretch so so buckle up bear with me here bit of a stretch i have been i've had my eye on a very particular video game for a long time and that is the witness the Witness, if you don't know uh, what this is, is an indie game that, um, that God, it's, I think it's been, been around for half a decade now. But um, it's fascinating that it doesn't, you know, it's not a shooter. It's not a it's not anything that you would think it is at the core of, of the game is it's a first person puzzle um, game. And, and essentially, you are stuck on an island and trying to get off. And you are faced with one puzzle after another. Now, what I think is fascinating about this is that it's it, it's very artistic. There's a lot of different color schemes uh, used throughout the game in terms of the uh, the landscapes that you're in. So to 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 know when you're in a different part of, um, let's say, the island, you know, let's let's maybe call them levels. Uh, They use different color schemes to really uh, and different fauna and things like that. You know, you're either in this kind of sand dune like area or you're in a jungle area or you're in a greenery area. And, you know, you're in a completely different part of the game now Hmm. uh, to give here's where I'm going to give it a a very, very thin stretched connection to this subject is that uh, this guy is this is the same guy behind. I forgot his name. I think uh, something, Mister Blow. I think his name is. It's the guy behind Braid, the two D uh, uh, time traveling yeah. um, indie hit, or or controlling of time mechanic, uh, where you can re- uh, rewind things to redo levels, things like that. And uh, what this guy does, I think, you know, to keep your you want to keep your eye on this guy and his work in the gaming industry because he is in complete. He's always reinventing things. Just like the NFT was reinventing on how we can uh, give value to different kinds of artistic mediums, he's giving different uh, a very different way on how to approach gaming in and of itself. In fact, I was doing uh, some research on him and he just uh, invented a brand new coding language that his new game will be based off. So this guy is no dummy, very smart, and um, he's trying to re- recreate and evolve the medium, just like the art of business, uh, is, was trying to recreate, um, different value market places. So there you have mm. it. Yeah. So there you have I'll it. Have to check it out. Yeah, please do. It's it's strangely addictive. It's very simple. You think it would, and you think it would be easy too. Just these little, every puzzle's essentially the same, but with different rules. And you think, and then before you know it, you're like, oh my god, you get stumped on a part, and then that's all you can think about. I literally had a dream about it last night, trying to figure out in my head.
1: And what what was it called again? The Witness. The Witness. Okay, I've been playing like AAA titles lately, so I've been looking for a good not a AAA title. (laughs) Yeah, I've been playing Hitman, which is. Artistic. Because it's <laughs> there's, there's some interesting ways we you can laugh. kill people. We laugh hard at the same time. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay. We're gonna we're gonna end on that. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like that, you can follow us at underscore novo underscore day. That's D E and at novo day media. And of course, you can follow us on our website, NovoDayProductions.com, where you'll find some more of our offerings. Uh, that includes novels like the Entropy Sessions, now available on audio. Book, adulteration, and postmortem, and much more to come. Who narrates that audiobook? Uh, it's actually our. Um, here's a little plug for an amazing, amazing team member. His name is Philip Church, and nice. he is also our audio engineer. So, uh, Philip Church is absolutely a gem of a professional. If you need someone to narrate your book, please look him up at PhilipChurchTech. And He's got a great uh, voice. Absolutely. And uh, we will see you next time uh, in the next episode. And until then, you know, as we always say, be good to each other. And as always, good luck and Godspeed. We love you. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions. Created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com Novo Day Media, at Novo Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company. Facebook.com ACO Music 123. ACO on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J E S T U S, of thejusticecompany.com. And executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved.